Welcome back to the Once Upon a Stream podcast. It's been a minute, but um, happy to talk with y'all. And there's a lot to talk about. There's so, a whole lot to talk about. And so even though we're not discussing like a new title of like things to watch, we can get to that later. Because um, I've been back at work, so I've been a little bit busy. But there's news like there's just so much news in like the past two weeks that has just kind of built up and so it doesn't stop every time I turn on social media it's like a new Disney plus announcement what I love is so um there's a theme park journalist called Carly Wiesel I recommend you follow her on Insta she's a lot of fun but because like reporting on like kind of this like big Disney news and stuff it's her job like she just tries to stay on the polls as much as possible but she has a thing where literally every time she takes a break to step away from her computer to exercise for an hour that's always when like some huge gigantic (laughs) announcement happens isn't that how it always works though yes so it's literally been like the past like three or four big announcements that the funniest one is she took a nap and that's when like the bob Iger news happened she's just like one time i take it i'm not on my phone or I'm not on my phone or computer and like, like huge news breaks, but yeah, so we have a a lot of stuff like specific to Disney plus and like, um, some of the different shows titles and then just Disney in general, because we are still in the middle of all the COVID craziness gestures broadly at everything, at everything. (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. So it, it's been interesting of just kind of seeing how things shake out because um, so first off, a, a lot of people who are like invested in this kind of stuff, like myself, um, so Disney had their quarter two earnings call last week, I think it was. It was either last week or the week before. Time has no meaning. Oh, but time is fluid. Recently. Let's just say that. <laughs> At some point in the last few weeks. Yeah. So recently they had their quarter two earnings call. And so um, it was really fascinating of like hearing. So Disney Plus has been a huge success. So they're six months in and they have um, almost 55 million subscribers. Think about that, though. Like not saying grateful for all of what's going on, but. And they like barely just opened in the UK and other areas and stuff. You know, I mean, like, what a time to launch. Everyone was in quarantine and they're like, well, I guess we'll get Disney Plus. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, cause they launched in Europe in March. and so Oh, yeah, that's true. That was a, like a big saving grace for them while their stocks were just tanking. But things are on the upswing. But yeah, as far as streaming services go, that's that's successful comparatively. Quibi has been crashing and burning and it's yeah. been yeah. it's been fun watching that dump, dumpster fire of but like I the think headlines with and that, stuff. I Okay, I understand that they were like, okay, you know what? We're going to do bite-sized entertainment, right? Like little bite-sized episodes, you know, for the sake of everyone's attention span is a little shorter now, you know, whatever. Uh, but at the same time, that's not enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, I understand the, you know, building or the, you know, the model that they were working with. And that you can't sync it with a TV or a laptop. It has to be on your phone. And right. Like, 
It's so weird unless I absolutely like am in a position where I can only watch some- I will never watch something on my phone unless it's like a YouTube video or a TikTok. Like I won't. And like it's interesting of dropping something that has to be watched on a phone during a time when everyone is stuck in their house cuz like the watching on your phone is cuz it's like oh everyone's so on the go and stuff and it's like right. not, not right now everyone's just watching TV or their laptops. Right. And so so yeah. you think they would have like held off on the launch? Yeah, because this is a weird time. To yeah, it's something. a weird time because I understand of course people are on the screen if you are one of those people like me who has nothing else to do so you're at home all day um because you can't go back to work and you look at your screen time every day you once you once you see it hit like eight hours you're like i'm not going on my phone i don't even want to look at my phone so no i'm not going to watch tv on my phone also 90 days is a huge free trial period that is a gigantic free trial period i could watch everything i wanted to and then be done exactly and then not need it because I will start it at some point because Joe Jonas has a series on there and mm-hmm. we already had an episode that got into that so but um, yeah but I'll probably because they're just like 10 minute episodes and I think there's like nine of them yeah I'm gonna like binge them all in an hour like right. an hour and a half basically and then I'll be done with Quibi and Pretty so much. yeah so there we go because for, for perspective, Netflix, their free trial is like a month, which that's still like longer, but it was sure understandable. Hulu, isn't, it's, it like, isn't Hulu like two weeks? Hulu's 14 days. 14 days, I yeah, think, is the weeks. perfect free trial to really Absolutely. get someone hooked. Oh, yeah. D- Disney Plus is only seven days because they don't want you to like binge everything because I also think they don't have enough content, like original stuff yet to... Yet. Like, it is something you could fully binge The Mandalorian and some other stuff and right. then be done. So they want to, right now, keep the free trial shorter. True. And so that's another thing of just why 54 million subscribers right now, when they don't have a lot of original titles, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I they think were just a lot getting that... started and then COVID delayed all the Marvel stuff. And, right. Yeah. Which I think... Although, when you think about it, those 54 million people are either A, parents who want Frozen 2 and onward, or, and like all the Toy Story stuff, or they're people who are seeking out nostalgic comfort right now. Yeah. You know, like they're like, I want to watch everything that is comforting to me, so I'm going to go and I'm going to watch all my favorite animated movies. So, but because, like, that's a successful launch, but it shows that there's potential growth because there are oh, only yeah. just a few titles right now. So once you add the full, like, the add Marvel, Marvel slate, alone. the Marvel stuff alone is going to bring in people and keep them there. Oh, absolutely. Because the way they have the different Marvel shows spaced out, too, they're mm. not having them running at the same time. Oh, so yeah. So it'll be, like... So my thought they'll they'll kind of delay stuff. So 
they haven't announced it just yet, but I think they're going to make sure they don't overlap. So it just keeps people subscribing. So you'll watch WandaVision. You'll watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You'll watch Loki. You'll mm-hmm. watch the animated What If series. And then by then, like the stuff that they just announced as far as like She-Hulk and Miss Marvel and stuff, they should have that developed by now. Right. And, so, and I know plenty of people so who I think are that'll specifically... Keep- yeah, I think there are, I know of a lot of people who are specifically waiting until Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki start to subscribe. Like, there there are people who are waiting for that to come on. Yeah. And so I think once they have that run going, that's going to bring in people and then keep them for at least a year. Oh, absolutely. And once you're a year in, then you just kind of use... Cause you just keep it at that point. You just keep it at that point because also it's not that expensive of a like when you're comparing your streaming services and stuff once again this is like eight bucks a month if you're signing up like new like nowish because we got the good like right at the like founder circle deal but for like new people it's right yeah like eight bucks a month compared to hbo max is going to be like fifteen dollars like hulu if you're doing ad free you're looking like that's that's like 15 bucks i think too is with ad free it so it's like 12 bucks I think is what I'm spending yeah and then if you're adding live tv it's a whole nother thing and so you those things will add up so when people decide what what services I need to keep you'll be like oh it's eight bucks we'll keep that one right absolutely and there'll be other services that fall to the wayside and so yeah it's been a really successful launch for Disney plus and so writing off of that success um so the chairman of basically direct-to-consumer content um Kevin something. I forgot his last name. Kevin. So basically Kevin, who (laughs) was in charge of, oh, Kevin Mayer. There we go. So he basically kind of developed all of the Disney Plus launch and so has had great success from that. Um, The big news this week, he bounced and left the Walt Disney Company and he's now going to be the CEO of TikTok. And so. Nice. But it, it shows as far as, like, had the eye on the pulse, all of that, because there had been rumors of him being one of the possibilities of being Bob Iger's successor, because he did do such a good job with Disney+, Plus and that streaming is kind of the future, and that Disney is putting such a huge focus on that. But when it went to Chapek, people were like, oh, how's that going to go? And so now that we see that he's accepting a CEO position somewhere else, we're like, oh, yeah, he wanted that spot. But yeah. And so, yeah, so there's been some interesting corporate shakeups as well that that's kind of the tie in to make this relevant to Disney Plus. So um, basically, he's out the new chairman of direct to consumer um, products that's going to be Rebecca Campbell and so she's been in charge of like Disney TV recently Disney TV stuff um, internationally speaking so the D- international Disney Network Star India um, some of the different European networks of just kind of working out all the international trade deals when it comes to getting the like television and like streaming content to other places so it makes sense she's a that makes sense of like being a good fit but she has been with the company for a long time because she was president of Disneyland for a while and then has had some other um titles and everything so yay for females in big power positions so go go Rebecca right on but 
yeah, so I think that's going to be a good move. And because Disney still has some things to figure out of how they want to do with the streaming service of like their identity and um, the topic of censoring has been a, a big discussion recently yes. and like finding the identity. And so there's still some stuff to figure out. Like it's it's been a successful launch, but yes, like, it you're not out of the woods just yet. Like it's still in these first couple of years. It's really going to need some good guidance from as far as who's in charge to kind of be able to keep this as a sustainable, successful product. You know, speaking of that, I learned today, I am so appalled by it. <laughs> Did you read the Wizards of Waverly Place censoring? No. Okay, so people have But if it's wa- on Disney Channel... Right, so that's the... that's the, Hear me out. So they have been... They went back re-edited and if you apparently if you watch it via iTunes now it's the same thing as it on Disney Plus they have blurred out Alex's mom's cleavage when if even if it's like the most minimal thing they've blurred it out wow yeah so my thing is if this aired on the Disney Channel which it did because it's a Disney Channel original series which for if you I don't know if you if you how you don't know but Wizards of Waverly Place was about a wizarding family, and it starred Selena Gomez before she was Selena Gomez. It launched her into being Selena Gomez, basically. Yeah. And um, it was on, you know, same time as um, Sweet Life on Deck and uh, Hannah Montana and Sunny with a Chance, all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting. This was a show that literally ran on their network. And now, for whatever reason, on the streaming service, a notable it, network that is for children, right? And it's a sh- it's a family show for children, and it's interesting because they obviously dress them. They don't dress them sexually or anything like that. But no, as the infamous dress like a Disney Channel star, and it's you have a t-shirt and a flowy tank and a scarf yeah. and a cardigan, <laughs> right? Exactly. They layer that stuff on so heavy, but like for. They and they didn't have the mom's dress seductively either. So it's like No, she just has boobs. Right. I mean, what are you trying to say? That it's bad that if a that anyone should look at someone wearing clothes? I don't understand the necessity for blurring out like the smallest bit. And it's not like again, it's it just not seems like, like a cleavage. weird allocation of resources. My best guess is it's probably uh more strict country's request to do it and then since they had to do it for getting in whatever country it is that's crazy though then they just implemented it for everywhere right but but then that again begs the question what what was it like then when that show was originally airing did they ask to do that same thing then i don't know see it's a weird thing but i Literally, in making sure I compiled all the information I wanted to compile for this episode, I came across that and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Seriously? Seriously? This was airing perfectly fine on the network, but then for some reason on the streaming service, it's like, no, we shan't be showing that. So speaking of censoring, um, we'll transition to kind of the first like big topic is so Hamilton Hamilton that 
it is coming to Disney Plus. It was as far as so yeah. Let's the, give background on what it was originally supposed to be. Yeah, it's Journey. So basically, the original Broadway production. So original cast, all of that. Lin Manuel, David Diggs, Renee Elise Goldsberry, Philip Sue, Lesmie Odom Jr., the whole gang. Don't forget that, Jonathan Groff. Yes, a part of the whole gang. But um, essentially, they filmed like did a pro shot of basically the original cast when they were all still together um and lin-manuel like, mentioned this so often he's like for like the last couple of years he's like don't worry we have a recording of the original cast we recorded one you know and just letting you know it's there we don't know what we're gonna do with it but it's and there. Uh, at first it was set to go on pbs yeah so- i remember that but then Disney was like, you know, Hamilton's still pretty popular. So, and they had kind of built enough of a connection with Lynn through Everything Moana. he does for them. <laughs> yeah. So Moana, Mary Poppins Returns, working on the new Little Mermaid, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so they're, because I know it's not just Lynn, there's other people involved in it, but Lynn has sway. Let's just say that. And so basically they bought the Hamill film, if you will. Um, we'll go with that, yeah. For $75 million, which... Chump change, chump change. Makes sense. But it was going to have a theatrical release, and so where it definitely would have been successful. Like, I don't oh think... Oh my it, God, it would have been like, successful. Yeah, it would have been a very successful theatrical run. But because things, like, of the COVID craziness and so many of their, like, actual movies are, like, getting pushed out. And so their slate is just so crowded that, like, they decided instead of doing the theatrical release and it also is some goodwill and stuff and gets people excited for Disney Plus again. Um, it's coming to Disney Plus July 3rd. Mm-hmm. We will be watching it. We will be talking about it. We're probably going to have a crazy amount of guests on yeah, to definitely. discuss it. So it's going down. Um, we might have to split it into a few episodes. But because Hamilton, y'all. It's, it's Hamilton. It's Hamilton. I'm so excited. But yeah, so it's huge. Like this is a really big get and I'm super pumped for it. I, The cool thing about having it on Disney Plus is just the sheer accessibility of it. Absolutely. Um, I mean, one of my favorite things through... I hate saying that because it's, you know, the time we're living in that this even has to be a necessity. Um, But one of my favorite things that has happened because of quarantine is uh, all the amount of Broadway shows that are being streamed online for free. Yes, some of them like um, the, oh my God, like Phantom of the Opera and stuff are only for like two days. But the National Theater in London has them up for a whole week. You can stream them on YouTube anytime you want. Um, I mean, there are so many things that are streaming Broadway musicals or Broadway plays just to like make people feel okay. Yeah. You know, like that's really been fantastic for me personally, just because live theater is one of my favorite things and it's always been one of my favorite things and it's something I look forward to all the time. And there was so much live theater I'm missing because of this. So for this to like come onto Disney Plus and let me watch it whenever I want? What? That's even better. 
No joke. And so I, I'm super pumped for it and kind of bringing back to our discussion in regards to censorship. Um, once at the initial excitement went over, people are like, oh, so how are they going to handle this? Because it's been the thing said over and over and over again. Disney Plus is family friendly, blah, 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 blah. And right. so people are like, well, not all of Hamilton is like super little kid friendly but yeah like how is that all gonna go down and so basically what they've said is um that they're approaching it basically to be like a pg-13 film and so essentially what's going to happen is as you know with like mpaa standards if you say the f word more than twice it's considered r rating like that kind of thing and so Basically, the rest of Hamilton still would be under the PG-13 umbrella. And so that's where the majority of it isn't going to be changed. And that they're... Because, you know, the new thing, instead of bleeping, it's just muting it for a second, you know? Mm. Just, like, drop off type deal. And so basically for the F words that are going to be in there, they're they're going to mute that. And, like, Lynn himself was just saying, you know, I'm okay with as far as for letting the story of Hamilton and like all like everything that we put into the show to be accessible to the largest audience possible I'm okay with as far as like muting a few words on it then let me try to pull up the exact quote but honestly I'm I'm of the opinion that if that's the only change that is happening and that it's just like just muting a couple f-bombs right I'm I'm okay with that like I, I get it because they're still little kids and it's like a part of it. Let's see. Uh, the person I know who tweeted this. You know when sometimes you're like, oh yeah, that thing I saw on Twitter a while ago. I, I remember the person who tweeted it. And then you're you're trying to like scroll through just to their profile to make it quicker. And you're like, oh wow, they, they tweet a lot. <laughs> but such has been life. Okay, but basically you can Google it as far as to get the specific Lynn quote, but that was kind of the paraphrase gist of it, of just that if if we have to mute a couple words to be able to give this story the largest audience possible, I'm cool with it. Right. Yeah. Which I respect that as long as, because as long as everything else stays in, the integrity of the story and everything is good and that it, that it still works. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's just one of those things where it's like... (sighs) It's arbitrary, yes, but, like... Yeah. But different families have different standards in terms of how they handle language and all of that. Right. And I don't know how many, like, seven-year-olds are going to be like, Mom, I want to watch Hamilton! I don't know. I I just don't see a lot of seven-year-olds screaming that at their parents. Um... Yeah. So it is what it is. But like I have a friend who's a first grade teacher and so conversely she's gotten a lot of her first graders and stuff super invested in Hamilton. So yeah I mean I guess it just depends but like on the grander scale I'm not sure how many younger kids are going to want to watch it but they might also like but you know they're going to promote the heck out out of it so it'll be like the big title that's at the top of it so they could just out of just click it and try it you know oh yeah that's true yeah. i guess you're right yeah that's true 
Okay. Because it is going to be the big thing on like the front page when it when oh. it comes out. Because hello. I mean, yeah, it's that's going to be right there, front and center. Front and center. And they know, they know that on July third, they're going to see a spike. A spike. So that will be the test of their connectivity because like hopefully it doesn't crash right that's what I'm worried about I'm like I don't even think I'm going to be able to watch it on July 3rd because I'm worried that it's going to crash I know I will be working during that day so I will fortunately July 4th I am off so that way I will watch it then so hopefully the traffic has evened out a little bit a little bit or at least they fix whatever glitch in it that yeah there has I mean uh, yeah I mean especially with so many I just need like a moment to myself because every 4th of July celebration around here is cancelled um 4th of July is my favorite holiday oh Oh, tragic I know it is like every day it's a new town around me cancelling their 4th of July celebration and I'm like why? Why must you hurt me in this way? I don't understand. This is devastating to me. Fourth of July is my favorite holiday ever. It's the best. No one's, there's no presents required. You don't need to bring anyone a gift. There's barbecue. There's good beverages. There's probably some popsicles. Um, there's apple pie. There's fireworks. Everyone's having a good time. What is not to love about Fourth of July? It's the best. So, I'm devastated, but at the same time, people people might think, oh, 4th of July, Hamilton, America, two and two together, I'm going to watch it on 4th of July. Yeah. You know, the so, America of it all. It's going to work out well. Oh, what yeah. I think would be brilliant is if they release, like, the, like, the parks fireworks shows that they do <gasps> yes well they've they've been releasing it they've been releasing stuff like they did the um oh they already yeah put it so on. they've done stuff from different parks so happily ever after they've done um which i the watched show it at disneyland cried. paris the opening ceremony of shanghai i highly recommend watching because just the scale of it is mm-hmm. astonishing and so it's a fun one to watch so i would definitely love to see as far as either a pre-tape of a previous year's fourth of july or maybe they can still do it at the parks while people aren't there and just like film it and right i mean they just released uh the other day they just released the um halloween fireworks yeah which were spectacular so yeah so that would be a fun little way to enhance 4th of July as well. Um, speaking of my ability that even though this is a podcast about streaming, I bring up the theme parks whenever I can, that the other big exciting news in like the other corporate shakeup stuff that I was talking about is so this week they announced the new chairman of Disney Parks and Consumer Products. And so um, Josh Tomorrow is now going to be the like chairman of that and so everyone is super pumped as far as Disney Parks fans they were actually pulling a bit more for him to be CEO than Chapek but it makes sense as far as since he is a little bit younger to take the parks 
Parks and Consumer Products chairman role, and that way, basically, he's primed that as soon as Chapek is done, that's probably going to be the the next CEO, mm-hmm. and people are already theorizing that Chapek's probably not going to last long, but... Yeah. Yeah. And so, everyone's super pumped about it, because um, especially through, like, different parks events and opening the new attraction, so... Um, basically a little bit of background josh tomorrow he's been president of disney world for less than a year now but he was president of disneyland for a very long time and people loved him and so he's super personable super charismatic and like really just loves like the parks and everything about it and loves talking about the parks with as as far as fans and guests and so um really great interactions and people are super pumped about it but also side thing is disney twitter is kind of thirsty about um josh tomorrow since he is decently good looking and a a little bit on the younger side than most (laughs) disney executives and it's it's so great (laughs) oh i love that oh i love that so much oh i love that that makes me so happy (laughs) okay but if we're going to talk about thirst, can I finally segue into my favorite news? Uh oh, I think we lost you. Oh no, I can't hear you. And we're back. And so, speaking of silver foxes, <laughs> I'm so excited about this. I I love that involuntary sound that just came out of you. That yes. I'm just so excited because Timothy Oliphant got cast on Mandalorian. Yay! And. Pardon everyone who's listening to this with headphones, but yeah, it's I'm Timothy sorry, Ol- but I just I love Timothy Oliphant so much, so much. Justified is my second favorite show of all time, right below Sons of Anarchy. Sometimes I'm like, ooh, it's like getting really close. Oh my god, Justified is so good. And when I tell you, for those of you who aren't very big on you know Twitter or anything, Twitter lit up when this news broke everyone lost their marbles so this is so i I, think there's been a lot of everyone obviously when i make those sounds that's most of twitter when it was announced because there's been a lot of mando news recently and a lot so that's the interesting thing before we get into the timothy oliphant of it all um is that so much to say like so Mandalorian season one, we all went in blind, partially because it was like the big opening day launch series and all of that. So they were keeping things tightly under wraps. Oh, For yeah. For the fact, I'm, I'm still shocked it didn't get leaked about Baby Yoda. 
Like seriously, nothing. That's still in retrospect. That not a single picture, not a single like tease or blind item or anything came out about it until it aired. No, they never mentioned a single Cause they, thing. Because they even took the gamble of like not having immediate merch to be able to delay it and keep it a secret. Oh yeah, I mean though yeah. now if you go on Shop Disney, it's just littered with Baby Yoda, but that's fine. Yeah. That's that's part of it. They, that's part of it. They, they caught up, but but that is you're right. That's a very interesting point to make though. Where that... now we are getting a lot of casting news, a lot of information about like characters and stuff that are being involved. And part of that then is the fun of like doing spec and theorizing, and it like gets the Star Wars fans invested again because Rise of Skywalker happened. Oh, it happened. We'll go with that. It exists, and. Because think of how much, like, the explosion when that, uh... Because Mandalorian has been the thing... came out. Yeah. It's been the thing that's gotten the biggest, like, investment and excitement genuinely from Star Wars fans in a very long time. And so, since, like, basically once that first teaser trailer for Force Awakens happened. Like, literally, I think, since then. So it's a lot to live up to, but also the creative team is fantastic. And so I still have full faith in it, but it is interesting of that it's a different process than last time. And so we do know a little bit more. And so it is something as far as you have to be very strategic with your muting and all of that. If you want to kind of approach this next season blind as well. But then that also, another interesting point is the same thing that going along with what you said, that they didn't release all of this stuff we had no idea about half of the guest stars like when amy sedaris walked on my screen i was like what are you doing here like why are you on mandalorian and then no one knew or basically unless you googled it which i immediately did because i recognized those voices instantly you had no idea that at the end of the season those two Stormtroopers were Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally. Like, you had to Google that information. I saw an EW article, like, afterwards, you know, of, yeah. like, talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I only knew it because I'm sitting there. Well, no, that's not true. I did. I IMDb'd it because I'm like, I know those voices, and it's bothering me. I know them. And then I went, and I was like, I literally paused the episode, and I was like, really? These two? Really? So I feel like all of that, that was interesting too. Like they never even mentioned anyone was guest starring on it either. Like very minimal because then sometimes like a couple days beforehand, like, because also actors want to like self-promo themselves and stuff. Like Ming-Na Wen basically about like literally just in the week leading up to her episode was able to like talk about being on it, you know? Yeah. And that was and another one. I was just like, oh, hey, girl. Hey. She's just making her way through the Disney trifecta. It's fine. She's Mulan. It's okay. She's already a Disney legend, but it just reaffirms her status. Exactly. And so, yeah, but that's been, like, really fascinating. So, Oliphant, he's coming on. He's an unnamed character. So no. They, no. Or Oh, they did release who he is? Apparently... I clicked an article and it said that sources have confirmed to us that Oliphant filmed scenes wearing Boba Fett's Mandalorian armor for the upcoming second season. But 
the but person. They all, but right. But more. Um, sorry, Tamara Morrison um, would be playing the role of Boba Fett. Then Timothy Oliphant is playing enigmatic character, an enigmatic character named Cobb Vanth. Introduced in Chuck Wendig's Aftermath book series, Vanth is the, and this is what's really doing it for me because I almost threw my phone when I read this because if you go through my personal Twitter, all I mention about um, Timothy Oliphant in regards to Mandalorian is how I want Raylan Givens, which is his character on Justified, but I want him to be a galactic marshal instead of a U.S. marshal. So, Cobb Vanth... is the self-appointed sheriff on the Tatooine-based settlement Freetown. So essentially, I'm getting Raylan Givens Galactic Marshal like I wanted. Raylan Givens in space. <laughs> That's literally... And the thing is, is if you look through like the discourse of everyone freaking out, everyone wants Raylan Givens in space. In space. And so that's essentially what it is. He wears a mysterious set of Mandalorian armor that was acquired from Jawas who scavenged the wreckage of Jabba the Hutt's sail barge shortly after the events of Return of the Jedi. There we go. I dig it. Yeah. So he's wearing so, the armors, but he's not Boba Fett. There we so go. So it's assumed that the Mandalorian armor purchased by Vanth is none other than the infamous green armor formerly worn by one of the galaxy's most notorious bounty hunters, Boba Fett, which would be interesting because Boba Fett is going to be on the series itself. Yes. So supposedly, even though like they'll have to explain that one, but yeah, yeah. And but I'm, I'm just wa- excited because it's so, essentially Raylan Givens in space. I'm for it. I'm so excited. So what I'm interesting, what I'm curious about with the whole Boba Fett situation is because it's a character that doesn't have a lot of meat on the bones, but because his armor's cool and he's just kind of like stoic and badass that like yeah. there it's, he has a cult following of just that he's this very popular character that sold a lot of action figures. And so True. like Star Wars fans of a certain age have like this really strong nostalgic tie to him of just like oh yeah Boba Fett and like yeah the dude bros love Boba Fett and so but as we all know in Return of the Jedi like he dies by ending up in the Sarlacc pit which is like basically you're digesting in this monster's belly for like a thousand years is what they said like Mm -hmm. that kind of thing so he's like dead 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 so Sometimes in TV news, they say, like, it's going to be one character, and they flat-out lie, just as, like, a miscorrect, because sometimes these things happen, because if you remember, so I come from the Arrow fandom, when Cat McNamara joined on, they're just like, Mm -hmm. oh, she's playing this character called Maya, and she's just, like, such a cool fighter, and everyone's like, oh, it's totally all a city's baby, right? And they're like, no, she's, like, a (laughs) different thing. And then they did some weird time travel. (laughs) Yeah, so I think, like, because I think just having it be Boba Fett is kind of derivative, and just, like, here's a thing you like, you know? Or it could, it, it could have good st- it could have good story reasons, but it could be the thing where he's like, since he is in Boba Fett's gear, it could be a thing where like it could be a flashback a flashback. situation. Yeah, they show a flashback of him like maybe 
stealing the arm. You know what I mean? It could, it could just be a flashback scene that explains why he has the armor. Yeah, and maybe like him and Dinjarin and like have had some like dealings in the past, kind of thing. But because they di- they worked a lot with flashbacks in the last yeah. season. But I I just hope it's a not a JK he's not dead thing. So either it needs to be a different deal because. Like so, Boba Fett is I feel like, like that would a clone. Be a if it was, he was yeah. alive. So, because since he is a clone, that then just having that actor there does mean it could be a completely different character, mm-hmm. and it's just the same face because it's the same like genetics and stuff. Yeah. And so that's a potential option, or it could be just like somewhere else and not present timeline. So, curious how that's gonna go, and then. Yeah. Also, there's a character from Clone Wars I'm not familiar with. Clone Wars is kind of on my list to watch. And, um, but they're getting Katie Sackhoff, who, like, is really big amongst, like, genre TV fans because she was part Battle of Battle Star Galactica. Galactica and other stuff. And so it I seems she's Flash. definitely well suited. Yeah. Well, I, I don't watch The Flash, so. Like... I watch The Flash, and she's on The Flash. She plays a, um,. Metahuman named uh, name. It's a name, and she works. It's like oh, something. She had like a past with Caitlyn Snow or something. Yeah, like some and kind she of ta- can um like manipulate metal. Uh huh. I, th- I think that's what it is. <laughs> she can manipulate metal. Sure. Um, <laughs> I think that I okay because it's what's her name. Her name is Am- Amunet, and I'm pretty sure it's, like, she can, like, it's it's something that she has to be near metal. I don't know how to explain it. It's metal, and, like, shards of metal and things. Anyway, she's on the Flash, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> she's So she's very big in, like, comic book world, and she's been on the Clone Wars, yeah, so, but having her, like, in person, folks are, like, super pumped for. So that's, like, an exciting casting. And then, um, also, the one that's still very much in the rumor phase. So they haven't announced who's playing the character. It hasn't been locked in yet. But Ahsoka Tano from Clone Wars is going to show up in Mandalorian. And so most everyone thinks it's going to be Rosario Dawson. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I thought it was that she it was going to be her it hasn't been it's not in like it's talks basically mm-hmm. so they haven't clinched it in just yet but it's just the highly likely scenario that it's going to be her so a lot of new characters and a lot of different things and so i'm definitely excited for mando season two i, oh, I think i'm so excited i i think it's still going to hold up and I so, think so too, and I think it's a because big, yeah. I think a big part of it is John Favreau though. Like he understands, okay, this is what worked in it, the first season. Yeah, John and Dave, because yeah. it's Dave Filoni's also brilliant. I don't think that they're gonna like say, okay, well now that we're popular, let's go in another direction. No, you have to stick with why it, why it became popular in the first place. But also, don't just do the same thing again. Right, so there, it's you have to have that, you know, that growth, but you also can't just, it's like, this is what I say when um, people get upset 
about like musicians, right? As you have longevity, you need to be able to grow with what's inherent to you, right? So if a musician does an album that's completely different from what their fans know, it flops. And that album is just forgotten and they go back to what worked. So it's kind of the same thing with a TV show where you're like, you have to grow with what is inherent to the series itself, but you can't go in another yeah. direction. It, say, it has to be gradual. It can't just be a weird. And it has to be organic because if mm-hmm. it's not, then you're like, well, that I don't want to watch. This Audiences anymore. can tell. Oh, they sure but can. that's the thing of like part of what made Mandalorian so great is. It was such a weird assortment of actors that you wouldn't picture, like, working in a thing together. Yes! But they were all super talented and all, like, individually of, like, oh, I'm intrigued by this person. Yeah! And so, just seeing how they all fit. And so, like, seeing Pedro Pascal, Carl Weathers, Taika Waititi, and Nick Nolte on, like, Inverner Herzog on a cast list. alone. Like, yeah, it's... The, the, that's not like standard Hollywood casting. No. So no. <laughs> no, that cast together. Uh-uh. Yeah. Once again, I just say, Taika and Werner Herzog in like the same thing. And. Oh, and like bless. again, I would just never picture Pedro Pascal and Amy Sedaris. Doing a thing together. Doing a bit together. <laughs> like, it, those two are just two paths I never would see crossing at all. And so, I think, like, the current list of, like, people who are going on, it's, they're really talented people, and so I'm definitely super excited about. The other thing I'm oh, excited yeah. about is that... As of right now, what they're saying is because of the way the Mandalorian is produced, because there's so many, like, the backgrounds and stuff are all as as far as, like, computer graphics, that kind of thing, um, they're on schedule. So oh, they there's are? Because I was actually just looking at IMDb, and everything seems, like, when I, I'm sitting here telling you, reading you this article about Timothy Oliphant, and they're like, yeah, he was already pictured filming everything. Yeah, like, they've already pretty much filmed everything, and it's just finishing up the graphics. And so... Oh, that's so exciting, because I was so worried. So, it's still on schedule. So, this November, I think, is when it's back. It's either October or November. Yeah, I think it's late October, early November is when I read. Yeah, somewhere in there. But this fall, it's still on schedule that it's not getting delayed. Thank God, because I can't deal with everything being pushed back. Yeah. (laughs) It's stressing me out. I'm already missing, like, my summer shows because either they were, like, two weeks into filming or they couldn't finish filming and they're delaying it. And it's all just very depressing. I mean, I watched, well, like, I've been invested. I actually haven't gone all the way to, like, watching the episodes, but reading recaps and listening to podcasts covering Bachelor Listen to Your Heart, which shows oh, the... that looks like a disaster. The scraping at the bottom of the barrel. It just mm-hmm. finished, but... Yeah. 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 So that's but, thrilling to know, though. That's really exciting we, news. But we are, we are getting, like, some high-quality new TV this fall, and so... 
because we're not getting like any network shows no the cw said they're not releasing any of their shows until january uh at the earliest um i know a lot of other networks are like i don't know what to tell you maybe late early winter is when you'll get it like so oh that's so exciting that they're on track (laughs) oh that makes me feel a little better I know, I'm so pumped. And so that's definitely super exciting. And so I think that kind of covers all the Mando news for now. We'll kind of stay posted and stuff, but... Yeah, but something I'm not very... That I'm, like, thrilled for. But some some other news that came out that I'm not... um I'm uh, skeptical about is um, the news that... The author himself put out, Rick Riordan, he put out that they are developing a Percy Jackson TV series, which, okay, how do I say this nicely? Okay, I was obsessed with, I still, I love the Percy Jackson books. When I'm at work, I tell kids all the time, I'm like, hey, have you read the Percy Jackson books? Because let me tell you, you'll love them all. Like, I love getting kids to read the Percy Jackson books, the spinoff series. I, um... I've even seen the musical of Percy Jackson. Um, I don't know that I'd recommend it, but it was there. Um, And it was a choice. Anyway. Technically, it's the only thing that qualifies for a Tony of Best New Musical because it was the only new musical in the time frame that the Tonys count for. That's fair. That's wild. Being literally the only one. That's crazy. And then, because, I mean... It was like a a rock musical, which I kind of understand. And like, it was, uh, the band was like on the stage with them instead of down in the orchestra pit. And it was, I took the three kids that I take care of and we, um, we read, no, did we read the Percy Jackson books together? I can't, I think we did. I can't remember. Yes, we did. We read all five Percy Jackson books together, and they won a contest that got us tickets to the show. And at um, <laughs> at intermission, the lights weren't even all the way up before all three of them were looking at me, and they're like, where was this scene? Where was this scene? I was like, oh, this is your first adaptation. Okay. Um, not here. They're not here. Those scenes are gone. So they asked me when we watched them, when we read the books, like, hey, should we watch the movies? And I was like, Ooh, no, absolutely not. Because, don't get me wrong, the Logan Lerman of it all really did it for me. I love Logan Lerman. I think he's fantastic. I thought he was a great Percy. But the thing is, and Rick Riordan has talked about, Riordan, Riordan, I can't ever remember from the two times I've seen him in person how they say it, but whatever. So he has stated repeatedly that it was kind of like um, with John Green with Looking for Alaska, where they were like, hey, uh, it was our first book, and we just sold the rights off like it was nothing, and I had nothing to do with it. And so he had absolutely zip zero input into the Percy Jackson films, which there were only two. They only did um, The Lightning Thief and Sea of Monsters. Lightning Thief was okay. Um, It it was okay but the sea of monsters made it impossible i guess for there to be more films because they pulled 
big moments from like books three. all the other books yeah, yeah books like three and four and a little bit of five too. the last olympian and you're just kind of like where do you see yourself going after this movie because it wasn't you botched it so badly that you can't even continue because then it won't make sense so for him to overtly state repeatedly because he says it on twitter all the time he's like i repeat i had literally no say no input they didn't ask me anything i wasn't you know, I had no part in those two films. So for him to be excited about this, and I think it is because all of his books now come out through Disney Hyperion, which is their publishing um, house. And they also, his imprint, um, Rick Riordan, Riordan, sorry, presents, comes out through Disney Hyperion. So I think now because he has that really close relationship with Disney that he can say, okay, now I want to renegotiate, and if you're going to do it on Disney+, Plus, we need to talk about it, and I need to be a part of it, because, ah, uh, mm, yeah, those were disasters. Because they were. <laughs> I say that as a big Percy Jackson fan, as a big Logan Lerman fan. I saw both in theaters. I gave the first one. Oh, I had so much hope in it, and my friend and I went to see the second one, and she's like, we need to, you know, be positive. And I was like, do we? And then we walked out. Do and we? Was, and she, we walked out, and she was like, "You're right. We didn't need to have hope." And I was like, "I, w- I know I was right. I know." So, although it does upset me, it does because although he looks to be still like 14, uh, Logan Lerman can't be Percy Jackson yeah. anymore because <laughs> the books start out when he's 12 and they end when he's 16. So Logan Lerman's a man. So right, and it was funny though because I actually watched Cole Sprouse because I'm bringing in back into Disney. Cole Sprouse was on um, Jimmy Fallon last night, and he's growing out a mustache, and he's like, "Because I will be playing 17 years old for the next 80 years," and I'm like, "That's true. You do still look like a teenager." So though Logan Lerman does still look like a teenager, it's just not going to happen. So. I hope they do a much better job with and I don't know if it if it'll be better because it's episodic or if it's just done better because I think they can look at those two films and go oh I think book adaptations work better for TV anyway I think so too and it's not and it's not just that I feel like I feel like Harry Potter is in its own league so we can't even like compare it But I feel like if it were a series, a book that that is a series, has more room and less to cut out. Because I always felt like when it was a book series, like some of my favorite stuff always got cut out of the Hunger Games books. Like that when they got turned into movies. Even when they stupidly made part three and four out of Mockingjay when it should have been Catching Fire. Like, and they had, they, they really dragged those off. just do three movies. Right, or just do three movies. But if, like, if they needed to split one, it should have been the second one because that's a very, like, clear delineation between the two parts. But it's, you know, I feel like when it's a series, all those little things, like, add up, and they make sense in the end. So I feel like those are just... I feel like they'll do a much better job, but I'm still skeptical because of how bad the movies were. I think I've just been burned, and I'm, like, now, like, apprehensive about this news. 
we've all been burned by different adaptations that just ended up being horrible. So bad. I wanted to love these movies so much. And like how in the first movie, Annabeth had black hair, but then they somehow gave her blonder hair in the second one because someone, people obviously had an issue with her having brown hair. And it's like, what, uh, guys, this is a mess. Get it together, y'all. It's not good. It's not. I, I wish I had something nice to. I so greatly wish beyond Logan Lerman I had something nice to say. Oh, oh, you know what's funny is that that counts as a movie. <laughs> Bringing it back to a previous episode, that was a movie. Where Sean Bean didn't die because he played Zeus. <laughs> there we go. Oh my God, I forgot he played Zeus, and I did love. Um, I Speaking mean- of <clears throat> the episode you just referenced, <laughs> that we also had another TV series news of yes, which it's that sh- that episode. Funnily Absolutely. enough, so there we go. So there. Yeah, we'll we'll just we'll stay apprehensive about Percy Jackson, but just see where it goes. That it's just announced right now, but I'm open. We'll see once there's tra- trailers and things. If if the author is directly involved, that's always a good sign. Um, I'm not like I never read the books, but just in generally in terms of adaptation, actually having the author involved usually it's always is always better. Except in the case of Fantastic Beasts. Um, and uh, that, there we go. We can't even discuss that because that was just pandering to... The first one was like, whatever. But then the second one was just pandering to the original audience and was like, here are spells you know, you remember and uh, we're taking you back to Hogwarts and here are some other characters that you know. And it's like, this it's is just mess. needs to be scrapped because this is all a disaster and you can't go from making it about newt scamander and then turning it into essentially the battle between grindelwald and uh dumbledore it doesn't work no it does not so that should be scrapped along with the play i said what i said that play is garbage it is don't fight me on this don't at me it's true Cursed Child makes no sense. You had the entire I've world heard, at your So what I've heard from it is basically the plot is stupid and the plot unnecessary, but the no effects sense. and the experience of seeing it live is cool. That's what I've heard too, but I know people who have only gone to see it specifically to see it live and see how they pull it off, which is why I would see it, but I am not going for that story. They made it, they changed every character into being like jokes of themselves they made this okay the entire premise is essentially uh Voldemort ended up having a child with Bellatrix but why would someone who believed himself to be immortal need an heir and of course furthermore why would he who has shunned um not attention attachment to anyone beyond needing followers would why would he that it literally makes no sense Alas, so um, big Sorry, news I as far a lot as of feelings. It, it's one of those of like the graph of inverse of 
you have a lot of feelings and then just because I never got into Harry Potter of just being generally ambivalent but fair as far as something we both have feelings about is National Treasure yes and and this is news I only just discovered this is recent news yeah yeah so National Treasure they're wanting to make it a TV show which if you recall from our episode I suggested (laughs) However, they didn't fully listen to me and our brilliant ideas. And so they want to do it with a much younger cast. A much younger cast. That's And this was like, this was like buried, like deep in like the Disney Plus like development. Because, you know, there's so many other bigger things that people are just discovering that this is even a possibility now. Yeah, so I found out about it last week because it showed up in our little National Treasure group chat. Yeah. But, um, yeah, without the originals being there, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, at the very least, let the lead be, like, the kid and still have Cage in some capacity as, like, a mentor figure. Right. So here's, that's what I'm, okay. You can't have it without Cage. That's so... This is what um, Jerry Bruckheimer, the, you know, person behind National Treasure, this is what he said about it. We're certainly working on a new National Treasure for streaming, but we're also working on one for the big screen. Hopefully, they'll both come together and we'll bring you another National Treasure film, but they're both very active. The one for Disney Plus is a much younger cast. It's the same concept, but a young cast. The one for theatrical uh for theatrical would be the same cast from the original movies okay so then in my idea then the likelihood of them having a kid who goes on adventures i think is much higher so basically you have the movie come out and launch this new character and then have a tv show that would be smart for them to do that's i think what the move is okay that would be a smart move too because you think about it because if they're planning both they want to tie it in together because then you have these people who loved the movie when it originally came out and then now they're seeing it again but they have younger people in their lives so they're like hey you should see the movie with me kids get interested in the movies then they're interested in a series but with a younger cast that's more accessible to them Ooh, that is some smart marketing that's how you do it oh that is how you do it oh i love that like, if they don't do, because then, for also original people who are apprehensive of, like, having something without, like, Cage being a regular presence there, if they give us a third movie, so at least just finish out the movies. Yeah. Then give that a satisfying conclusion, then we're cool, and we may, like, check out the series if we want, but then it can just be for a new generation and not take people off. I and think so, that's smart. I think, that- Wow. If that's not the way they're doing it, it's a mistake. Seriously. Because if he's saying, if Jerry Bruckheimer is saying they... But I feel Jerry Bruckheimer's savvy. And he, yeah, and he's saying they'll both come together and will hopefully bring you... If they're working on both and they're tied together, it's a universe-like type thing. Oh, I like that. It's oh, going like down. That. It says that the third movie is still being written for the Disney Plus series. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm reading that incorrectly. While the third movie is still being written for the Disney Plus series, we have a pilot script done and an outline of the future episodes. So here's my thing. If they had this series blocked out, 
it could it doesn't even matter if the third movie is still being written it might still need that movie being written and filmed for it that the thing they have all mapped out to work yeah so I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Uh, what I'm not. And it's okay for them to have like the series stuff mapped out because basically the only thing the movie has to do to tie it together is set it up. Is just set up the kid and make him compelling and interesting. Exactly. Which obviously, if you listen to our amazing episode, you will hear that we have it all mapped out for them. We're fine. We've got We're it down fine. for them. They need to listen to that while they're writing this. Um, okay. But a couple of other things since it's. Um, there have been a lot of news about original series, some that I'm not um, sure we need. For instance, I um, don't think we need a Turner and Hooch reboot with Josh Peck. Um, I just don't think that'll appeal to a lot Anyone? of people. Anyone? I, I really don't. I think it's a bad move for them to choose. It's a classic Tom Hanks film. I understand that. But not one that people are so attached to that they're like, yeah, I need a, I need a fresh breath of air into that. No. No one's ever said, why haven't they re- remade Turner and Hooch? No one said that. No, no one. one has said that because there's no need for it to be remade, let alone episodically or with Josh Peck. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just going to be a movie. No, it's a series. Okay, well, yeah. There's ways. There's ways to go about it. It's just going to be the basically a reboot in name only of just. It's going to be a procedural of a cop with a dog, and so you I know, don't know. It just feels weird and like unnecessary. <laughs> it's going to be one of those things where it's like it could have just been an original concept, but because networks don't like to stray too far out of the box of just it's safe right now to tie stuff to IP just saying oh it's a reboot of this thing just kind of slapping that title on it Mm -hmm. gets it greenlit which is what I also think they did with and which I know a lot of people are not interested in is the reboot series of the Mighty Ducks because I feel like the Mighty Ducks is like the Sandlot it's like Little Giants it's that whole era of stuff where you're just like I don't want it to be remade. There's no need for it to be remade. What makes it perfect is what it was in the time it was made. You know what I mean? Like, baby Keenan Thompson as a Mighty Duck? Come on. Come on. That was perfect. That was perfect. And, like, I don't know. I don't know. Emilio Estevez was a great coach, and why would you want to screw that up and try and remake it for because all three of those movies are on Disney Plus. Yeah. You can watch those movies. You don't need a new series for a it, new audience. It just sometimes feels like there's a nostalgia like Mad Libs generator kind of thing of just they pulled stuff out of a hat or it's like a spinning wheel. I almost feel like that's true though. Like It's they have like a Wheel dartboard. of Fortune where it's like TV show reboot Yeah, I really Turner feel like it Hooch. is though. Because like, that's why? how the decisions are being made. Because why would you choose Turner and Hooch in the... First of all, Turner... I'm never going to drop why that needed to get remade. Like, it didn't. I don't... I, it didn't. But also, what do we need a new Mighty Ducks for? Yeah, well... We'll see how it goes. I, I really do feel like it is, like... 
it's just one of those things like it's a the one i'm more intrigued by is the home alone i feel like it's literally just a development room of like millennials who are like what was really great when i was young and kids have like a distance from now that we could bring to a new generation but differently and i feel like that is a bad development room yeah but the home alone project at least has some interesting names attached to it but like yeah just just make new things that that's my whole thing and like i also don't agree mando is cool Right, and I also don't agree with the um, spin-off, ser- spin-off prequel series, let me rephrase that, spin-off prequel series to Beauty and the Beast with Gaston and LeFou, uh, LeFou, LeFou, yeah, it's LeFou, um, names aren't my thing today, quarantine brain, so, um, I don't think we need that either, don't get me wrong, please don't get me Although- wrong. Josh Gad and Luke. Josh Gad's agent needs a award and a raise. Like, the dude has done his job well. Like, he's got his clients set. Yeah, Josh Gad never has to work again. Josh Gad never has to pay for Disney World, Disneyland, any Disney park ever again. He's on, like, (laughs) there was the whole cast before the second movie came out was on Jimmy Kimmel. And they were, he asked them, what's the weirdest piece of merchandise? that your character is on Jonathan Groff said duct tape which he thought was weird and then um, Josh Gad he was like um, they make um, potty training potties with Olaf and like I sing on it um, so that that <laughs> that <laughs> so I feel like with everything once you're a toilet like I feel like everything surrounding Frozen, he has his own shorts on Disney Plus. Like he's everywhere. Josh Gad's fine. I don't know why he wasn't like, "Hey, could we maybe not do this series?" Uh, feels like we don't need to. But then he was like, "I don't have anything else to do except yeah." But money, like, so. he and Luke Evans enjoyed working together, and so it's just like them broing out. You but know, it's just I don't know why we need it. It's not necessary. <laughs> like, I feel, and this is like my whole thing is what you just said is with all these reboots that we're looking at and we've just talked about, what is wrong with original material? Like, even though it is, um, it's, it's not an offshoot. I guess it's kind of an offshoot. I, okay, High School Musical, the series, right? It took just the High School Musical and just, put it into like a high school doing a performance of it and that's it it all this you know we had our songs in there they talked about the characters we knew and loved but it wasn't actually about that you were more invested in the characters than you were in them so that's the one thing actually of like liking hsm because when i heard the announcement and like these kind of articles and stuff when they first did the rounds for this i was like well that sounds unnecessary and stupid but then I actually gave it a shot I gave it my three episode rule and ended up loving it and yeah, so because it was something so, original and it was something that but we, it took but it was original where but it, it it did need the HSM name to launch and make it happen For and sure. so some of these they're still like it's still early enough that like 
they need the name of whatever franchise or thing it was based off of to make it happen. But if the writing's good, if the character performances work, like, Josh Peck is a, like, charming and, like, endearing comic actor. He is. So, with the right writing, Turner and Hooch could be delightful. Because Josh Peck is funny, and if there's a dog, like, dogs are great. Everyone loves a dog. They literally had a show called Dog with a Blog. So, you know. But it's just, like, it just irks me. Because I do want that original material. Because, like we said, Mandalorian was amazing. What was but one of something then that- again, it needed just like it technically is still a part of like IP, Star Wars. and so yeah. that's part of of just like. But you can still do something within that like bubble, but still make it original. Exactly, and so. I think it's you just you have to be very strategic of what you're adapting what you're rebooting and how much you're pulling from that like what kind of properties you can use to launch like an original idea it does feel like a dartboard though it does feel a little dartboardy so <laughs> it does because pretty much for Disney plus kind of to kind of recap have we kind of covered all the main topics? I think we have. We only, we only yeah. have two left, which is um, the new docu-series, which I'm... Do we feel like we need a docu-series about how they made Frozen 2? Well, it's basically... It's it's DVD featurettes, but just put on Disney+, Plus, which yeah. I'm down for. That's I fair. always love DVD and then featurettes. a brand new announcement that just came out, July 31st, who's coming to Disney+. Plus? The Muppets. The so Muppets. That's, that's the original content I'm here for. So but that's because it's unscripted. It's unscripted in short form, which I think is perfect. And so I just I need people to show up for it because. But the thing like, is, I think they will look at the movie Jason Siegel made and how many people he got to be in that. Yeah, but I'm just saying for audiences and stuff oh, to yeah. like get invested, so that way it gets the support that it needs. Oh, you mean the audience? So, I'm talking about like people who are willing to be bar- participants. Because I'm like, people will be lining up to be participants. No, because like Muppets, it is a little niche as far as of like the type of person who really enjoys the Muppets, but they're awesome and I love them. And so I think this is kind of the perfect format for streaming. I know, and then. It's kind of interesting because HBO Max will have a similar thing with Elmo. I think there is going to be some form of a talk show with Kermit as well. That they're oh, doing. is there? Yeah, yeah. I saw um, Elmo was on Colbert the other night and he was talking about Yeah, the about Elmo talk show. show does look great. And it does. I will probably get my free subscription as soon for HBO Max as soon as the John Mulaney episode with Elmo comes out. Oh, that's because perfection. that's what I will free trial for but yeah I think that's kind of a glimmer of like original stuff but like that's an IP that could use some love um yeah because Muppet stuff is great um once again just recommending um Defunct Land did a mini series about um the life of Jim Henson and the history of the different shows through the Muppets and everything that he created it's spectacular the last episode will make you weep um go check it out on YouTube. Highly recommend. But just in kind of conclusion for everything, like, we've had the launch of Disney+, Plus. it went well, so now just kind of seeing where things go in the future, I think 
the Star Wars thing is solid. Like, mm-hmm. we got Star Wars content, we're good. Marvel stuff, while well, it hasn't come out yet, I have full faith in Kevin Feige. Like, it's on lock. Oh. It's good. It's it's going to be well-made, and it's going to be successful. That and, it's, I mean, Tom Hiddleston wouldn't be a part of something about Loki if it wasn't good. Yeah, it's a foregone conclusion. Like, that they got the original people to, like, do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me I, I'm all down. the Bucky and uh, give me all the Bucky and um, uh, Falcon all day, all day, all day. But actually, he's Captain America now. But that's neither here nor there. Well, that's part of what's the plot of the new show of yeah. kind of becoming that is going to be interesting. But basically, oh, yeah. yeah, Star Wars is on lock. Marvel is on lock. Um, some of the more like kid centric stuff, I I think they got handled but it's the rest of the content is kind of the big question mark of what's your identity what are you gonna do it feels very that is that they're still figuring it out and so what I think is the biggest thing um because Netflix is kind of the proto model for everything oh yeah of there comes a moment where audiences will forgive like a few different times of something not being good attached to like a product Mm -hmm. before they just give up on it Mm -hmm. so they still have as far as the chance for a few mulligans as far as if stuff doesn't work out or isn't great but they they don't have a lot of like I'd say once there's like two or three things that like aren't good and just aren't well done Mm -hmm. then people are just gonna be like oh yeah well like the Star Wars stuff is good and the Marvel stuff is good but everything else is lame yeah yeah so that's where they need to be careful yeah the all of this all of these things that have been announced are going to be towing a very precarious line because I think still the TV shows and stuff that's the precarious line too and I think there already is an uphill battle for Disney needs to put some genuinely good movies on Disney Plus first off mm-hmm. so it doesn't have the reputation of oh if it's on Disney Plus then that means the movie wasn't good enough to be theatrically released right right because and, I, and what's unfortunate is right now that's all they can do um but in time like like we talked about during the Stargirl episode, that would have only worked on streaming. Yeah. That would have flopped hardcore if it had been released in theaters. Pretty much. Same with Noel. So, like... Would have flopped. Flopped hard. Oh, yeah. Good movie, though. I enjoyed Noel. Cried. Loved it. Would not have gone to see it in theaters, probably. Probably not. Unless it's like a $5 movie Tuesday. Uh, but... Yeah, that's when I would have seen it. So we shall see. So that was kind of our news rundown of what things are going on. And so I think we'll kind of intersperse some of these news updates as things develop and just kind of consolidate it to one episode because this was kind of fun talking about everything. Yeah. Oh, one of the last little tidbit. I was trying to wrap things up, but, you know, things happen. Um, I forgot about there was an article sometime during quarantine 
And Again, basically they, they talked to Leslie Iwerks who produced the Imagineering story. Ugh. And they said there's there's a lot of footage that they didn't use. So there is still a potential to do another either like season of it or make it its own series of having like a specific focus. Whether they do episodes on singular rides or um, they specifically Disneyland, they have a lot of footage that they didn't put in um the imagineering story so possibly just doing a disneyland series and oh so oh my god my life would ugh because i, I want to bring need. that up because that was again something that was original to disney plus and, that- and that's something as for essence it's a lot of archive footage and stuff like you can work on making that a thing during quarantine please like please make this happen we need it we really do we, we do so which, similar to the Imagineering story, we will soon be talking about the props show. We'll be talking prop culture, and we'll also be talking about um, the Disney gallery behind the scenes of the Mandalorian, because... How could you not? How could you not? So, because that is kind of rolling in the weekly episode model, so um, we'll kind of wait until the whole season's done. Yep. So, but so, wait, we will be talking about both. There we go. Thank you so much for listening to us. We appreciate it. And so give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Once Upon a Stream and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Once Upon a Stream. And we really appreciate your support there to help make this sustainable and help us out. And so um, thanks again so much for listening. I'm Maddie. I'm Megan. And bye. Bye. <laughs>